Well, dear friends, thank you for this opportunity to be with you for your Tuesday morning service. Uh, thank you. The sun is so beautiful outside, but the fellowship inside is warm. Let me pray. Our gracious and our good God, we thank you for the beauty of your word. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would teach us, encourage us, rebuke us, and make us more like Jesus today. For the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. So yes, I have lived and served in Tanzania uh, for many years, uh, part of East Africa, and that's been a joy and a blessing to do that. And when you move from one culture to another culture, even within Australia, city to country, little town to bigger town, there's things that you notice are different. So when I'm growing up in Sydney, one of the common questions that you can be asked as a younger child, you may have done it yourself, what do you want to be when you grow up? That's a question that I would not really ask in Tanzania. As I have reflected on it, it's a question that comes from almost from affluence, from having opportunity, from saying, it's just natural for me to go to school and to finish school, maybe to go on to another form of education or university, employment. This is what I think I want to do. And we encourage children to have dreams. And I think in those dreams, what we are saying to them and what we may be thinking ourselves as we grow up is we want good things in life. We want things that will give us satisfaction and meaning and joy and happiness. And Scone Anglican, uh, through Pastor Jesse, has been looking at the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's got some fantastic things in it. And some really hard things. It's going to say in one hand, look at life as it is, and think, mm, good things, hard things. Last week, a time for everything. But it also says some things that we think, that's a bit strange and hard. It's not often what we hear the world telling us. And one of those things is about maybe something we don't talk about much in Australia, money, or riches, or wealth. Again, cultures are different around the world. So in some cultures, it is really common for people to come up to you and say, Pastor Jesse, tell me how much you earn. And that's, an, they, and, and that's quite a common thing. <gasps> Not in Australia. Money is somewhat of a private matter. But we know that in the Bible, it's not very much a private matter because God has something to say about it. And by living in Tanzania, 
living in a country where there has been a great uh, wave or great situation of economic poverty, I've had to really wrestle hard about what's money for? What's being wealthy all about? Because in Australia, if you look at me as a missionary, oh, I don't have much. But I go to Tanzania and I'm seen as very wealthy. Because in a comparative sense, yes. But I also have a, a wealth that has come from education and from access to resources. And I'm very happy for my organisation CMS and the way that Scone Anglican has given to CMS to enable me to go, that if I get sick, CMS says, we'll help you get the best medical care that we can. But for Tanzanian families, getting sick is a huge stretch because there's no free health care in Tanzania. I've seen hardship. I've seen hunger. In rural areas of Australia, of course, you've seen drought and the devastating impact of drought. When I see the lack of rains in Tanzania, I see that crop dying before our eyes and knowing hunger is coming for that family. And that little bit of surplus that they were hoping to get by selling it on is gone. So poverty is awful. It's wrong. And we who have been given opportunity to have more must wrestle with what we do with our wealth. And this is where the book of Ecclesiastes is going to say a few things that we may not like to hear because they may make us a little bit uncomfortable. But when we hear the wisdom that is in it, and think about the world around us, we'll go, it does indeed make sense. So of the many things that we have been talking about, and Pastor Jess has done some and is going to continue to do some, in chapter 5 of the book of Ecclesiastes, in verse 10, the lover of money will not be satisfied with money, nor the lover of wealth with gain. This is meaningless. It's kind of like the word that used to say, oh, no, the little spray gun's gone. It's that word for, for smoke or vapour. There and then gone. I think we can all testify, lots of people have had and it's gone, that sense of, but I can't grab it too. It's, 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 well, what's the point of having this bit of vapour? I can't do anything with it. It's a bit meaningless. And that's one of the big phrases that keeps going on and on and on and on. Under the sun, all 
around the world, tribes, languages, nations, countries, under the sun, the writer of Ecclesiastes, the teacher, has said, money, the pursuit of money, the love of money, meaningless. I am not saying, nor is the Bible, nor is Jesus saying, that having money is wrong. It's actually a very important and wonderful blessing and gift that God has given us. But the danger of pursuing, going more, 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 my, 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 is the danger that the book of Ecclesiastes talks about. And it's the danger that Jesus talks about as well. Uh, in the book of Proverbs, there's another Proverbs where the, the writer is saying, Lord, don't give me riches, for I may forget you. Also says, don't give me poverty, for I may steal. So there is a blessing that can happen, but there is also a danger. So when we're asking children, what do you want to be when you grow up? We're wanting them to think about things that are joyful and give them meaning in their life. And it may be having a fantastic career. It may be having a home. It's also in the relationships that we have with people. And I think one of the really sad things in life is to find people in, the, in their older years look back with regret about how they did invest the days of their lives. And it doesn't take much for us to look into our communities in the world and to see those that says, money, 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 it's a rich man's world, may say, hmm, yes, but in the end, have empty and meaningless lives. In this same chapter, in verse 13, there's what, what I call an ouch verse in the Bible. It's a bit hard. I'm thinking, oh, I can say. Because the big message of the world to us today is to say having wealth, having money, does give us joy and happiness. Get it and keep it. And the second big danger of having wealth is the first one, that pursuing more, 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 I need it, I need it, I need it, and more, 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 more. But the second big danger that the Bible talks about wealth is holding on to it. In verse 13, the teacher, the writer of Ecclesiastes, there is a grievous harm that I've seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owners to their hurt. When we think about our children, our grandchildren, and wanting them to have a life of joy and meaning and purpose, we're saying, oh, but I don't want them to have a life of danger and harm. The writer to the Ecclesiastes is saying the way we have and hold 
on to money can be harmful to us. And that's why the Bible and Jesus so encourages that joyful spirit of giving, of having what we need for ourselves. That's important. But how much do we say is mine? How much do I need? How much do I have to hold on to? As you're saying, I need all of this. And by having all of this, that will give me happiness. That will give me meaningful life. That's a very individual question for people. They've got to look at their own circumstances. But there comes a point where the holding on and the keeping it for us is harmful to me. In the end, it will be harmful to other people because we're denying to them a wealth that God has given to me so that I can help those who are in need. There are many times in Tanzania when I have had friends, colleagues and strangers come to me to say, I need help. And it's for things like being able to go to get education for their children. It's getting medication. It's getting health treatment. It's getting food to eat. The, the list just keeps going on and on and on. And I know that I can't help everyone. And sometimes giving can be harmful. That's a real other issue about wisdom but I've often needed to rebuke myself about my own hard-heartedness. Because often I have seen in Tanzania, out of poverty, Tanzanians have given to help their neighbour, their friend, their community, their church. Uh, Tyson was one of my students um, and he had been brought up by his extended community, because his parents had died of HIV when he was very young, and the grandmother who was raising him had died when he was 12 or 13 years old. Uh, at that stage, they did have um, a two-room mud, um, wattle and daub type house where he was able at least to have some shelter, and they had a bit of land that he could farm to get some food. But his life was always on the edge. The community of Christians around him nurtured him and loved him and cared for him and gave generosity, generosity for him. He then became an evangelist. He's now a pastor. He has got a family now, a wife and a child. And he has discovered a rich joy in his life. But he's still materially very poor. Uh, when he wanted to get married, get married uh, in Tanzania, you still have to pay a bride price. So the groom has to give to the family of his prospective wife a payment, a bride price. Um, for the things that are good and the things that are hard about it, we could talk all day. Um, but he literally did not have that. And so that's where I, out of some of my generosity, can help him. So. In some ways, I can say I bought him or paid his bride price, but together with the extended community. 
when we think of our own lives, we've got to watch out for that voice of the wider world that says, wealth is the guarantee of a meaningful and good life. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of his word, the wisdom of Ecclesiastes says, no, that's not true. Because I have seen in the lives and faces of so many of my Tanzanian friends, family, colleagues there, materially poor, but great joy. But I have also seen those for whom the desire for money and wealth, even when you're poor, can destroy unknowing God and living for him. The lover of money will not be satisfied with money, nor the lover of wealth with gain. This is meaningless. I think it's a hard word, but I also think it's a very true word. And it asks all of us, as the writer of Ecclesiastes does, to say, where will I find that meaning in life? It will never, ever, ever be in material possessions and in wealth. The Apostle Paul says, the thing of surpassing value to him and he had been probably relatively up and coming in the Judaism that he was part of. He had education. He was probably on the way up until Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and made him his own. And he says in Philippians, when I think of all that I had, all the gains that I had, they're nothing. The thing of surpassing value the great riches I have is to know Christ. And may that be true for you. Knowing Jesus, may that be that, the thing that is of ultimate value and meaning for your life. And that if we have opportunity to share that with our children and our grandchildren, Amen.